We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. All Hit Radio Welcome to the X-Zone A place where fact is fiction And fiction is reality Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell Yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. But I always thought that I'd see you again. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. And for the next four hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, the Talkstar Radio Network, and the Mutual Broadcast Network. If you'd like to send me an email, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com on all social media sites, xzoneradiotv. And if you would like to see how you can get two months free of the Xzone TV channel on Simul TV, visit www.simultv.com. Well, here we are another weekend, but here in Canada, it's a special weekend. This is our Thanksgiving. So to all my fellow Canadians and the Canadian members of the Exo Nation, a happy Thanksgiving. In fact, for here in Ontario, we just learned hours ago that the capacity limits that were in place because of COVID in theaters, concerts, sports, sporting events, and so on have been lifted because of the, the decreasing numbers of COVID cases here, as well as, I, I, I think, what, what is it, Craig, 80 89.6% of all Ontarians have had their both 
first uh, vaccination and second vaccination. So way to go, Canada. That doesn't mean I'm off Monday night, gang. No, I'll be here just like I am every night. And um, probably I'll be a little stuffed with a lot of turkey, but goes with the territory. Exonation, my first guest tonight is Tolly Birkin. And Tolly is known as the founder of the International Firewalking Movement. Tolly's approach to firewalking resulted in a global phenomenon of over 6 million people attending firewalking classes. Now, due to his pioneering strategies, firewalking seminars are now regularly offered on six continents. Tolly built his reputation by consistently creating innovative, cutting-edge methods for developing human potential. In 1977, he created the world's first firewalking class and began teaching firewalking to the general public. In the 1980s, he started working on large corporations and began training instructors. The 90s, well, transformed his work into a mushrooming corporate trend. Even mainstream companies such as Microsoft, American Express, and MetLife began including firewalking in their executive empowerment seminars. Joining me now is Tolly Birkin. And Tolly, welcome back to the X-Zone. It's great having you with us tonight. It's my pleasure to be with you. I feel it's a very timely evening for me to share what I have to share because there's a lot of uh, suffering in the world right now with the uh, politics, the Mm. economy, the pandemic. And so I'm looking forward to this time. You know, Tolly, we were speaking this morning in a production meeting about how this world, and you just mentioned the pol- the political arena, the financial crisis, uh, the COVID, and then the general health and welfare of the world in general has never been seen like this, according to, to historians. What do you make of this, Tolly? Well, it reminds me of families that were torn apart during the American Civil War back in the 1800s because I've never seen so many families torn apart by their viewpoints yeah. to vaccinate, not to vaccinate, to vote for Trump, not to vote for Trump. But, you know, there's, I would say, a bigger crisis. And I see it as the opioid epidemic. Uh, there's so much depression, mm-hmm. uh, suicide. Uh, people who are in pain, and most people don't know where to turn except to a doctor who prescribes narcotics. And you're speaking with somebody who was addicted to narcotics for many years. I was a pedestrian. I was hit by a car and thrown 25 feet, and my, my neck was crushed in 1975. That was before they had MRIs, so they couldn't operate on me, and I was put on Dilaudid, which was morphine. That's right. And became became addicted to it. And even after having three 12-hour surgeries on my neck, I still had pain. And so it took me a while to realize there was an alternative to opioids, that there was a hope of being free from the addiction. And you're talking to somebody who was once addicted and is now free of it. And so I can speak with authority. So what is the alternative? Well, there's homeopathic ways of approaching uh, pain, Mm -hmm. whether it's emotional or physical pain. 
And the problem is they're very slow. And even after, as I said, having three 12-hour neck surgeries, I still needed painkillers. And when I started doing my research on the Internet, and thank God there's an Internet because not so very many years ago, people were alone with their problems, and now you can plug in to a viewpoint from all different countries. Mm -hmm. And so what I saw was that the pain was probably a byproduct of inflammation, that if I took anti-inflammatory supplements, I could possibly defeat my pain. And so I did my research, and I started taking anti-inflammatories like uh, turmeric and mm -hmm. D3 and fish oil and all of the classics, but it took three months before they relieved my pain. And so for those three months, I went through hell because I was determined not to take narcotics. And I felt I needed to give alternative medicine a fair chance. And I knew from my research on the Internet, it could take months. And it took three months. But since 1992, I haven't taken any prescription medications at all. That is wonderful. That is truly wonderful. But Tully, what about the people who are addicted to, to um, you know, pro, not Prozac, um, you know, Tylenol threes, uh, the the heavier, like you said, Dilaudid, and, and other pills that are prescribed to them. Most of the time, other times they buy their drugs on the street just to, just to get away from the world of reality that they just can't cope with. Rob, I have to give a little background. You're talking to somebody who twice tried to kill himself in his 20s. Mm -hmm. I, in fact, the first time I attempted suicide, I did kill myself. My heart had stopped, but they revived me. So you're talking to somebody who was so depressed, you can't get more depressed than being dead. So True. today, I'm the happiest person I know. How did that happen? How did I go from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. And there were a number of factors. When I failed to kill myself twice, I was in the hospital for three and a half months. I had electric shock treatments, insulin, coma therapy. I was released on Thorazine. My father, he went to the library and he did a lot of research. We lived in New Jersey and he found out that at Princeton University, they were doing research on brain chemistry. And the man in charge of this research was Dr. Carl Pfeiffer, who is both a PhD and an MD. He worked with Linus Pauling, who received the Nobel Prize in medicine. And Dr. Pfeiffer believed that depression, clinical depression, was a biophysical condition. And he did all these tests and he prescribed megavitamin therapy. Now, Rob, this was in 1971. So every day of my life for the last 50 years, because this is 50 years later, mm -hmm. 2021, every day I take megavitamins. And anybody who feels that they themselves could be clinically depressed, 
You just go to your browser and type in clinical depression plus megavitamin therapy, and there's no shortage of information to point you in the right direction. Totally. And so it's an exciting time to be alive because we have so many resources that are 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 instant availability. All right, Tolly, we're going to have to take our first break. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And Exonation, if you'd like to find out more about our guest this hour, Tolly Birkin, visit his website, tollybirkin.com. That's T-O-L-L-Y-B-U-R-K-A-N.com. This is the Exon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. And to all the members of the Exon Nation up here in Canada, happy Thanksgiving. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Welcome back. Tolly Birkin is my guest of this hour, www.tollyburkin.com. All right, so there you are uh, looking for an alternative to the narcotics that you had been prescribed. And you found that not only were the narcotics playing on the, uh, the, meta, the, the physiological side, but on the mental side as well, and you found yourself in a depression. So you went. Rob, can I jump? Can I jump in here sure. and give just a little bit more background? Oh, sure. Because someone who twi- tri- twice tried to kill himself—that's uh, not someone who is, you know, just calling out for help. I spent months and months and months in the hospital yeah. recovering, and the thing that really made the difference was. In 1973, I met a man named Ken Kyes. 
He was a quadriplegic. He got polio when he was 27. And I met him, he was 54. So half his life, he was paralyzed from the neck down, had to be carried to the toilet, oh, washed, dressed, fed, you know, quadriplegic. Right. I can't imagine anything more horrific. And yet, when I met him, I was stunned. He radiated happiness. And he wrote a book called Handbook to Higher Consciousness. And he listened to my story and he said, Tully, I can teach you to be happy. It, it sounded so simplistic. Rob, I thought, is this possible? Mm. Well, sure enough, he did. He taught me how to be happy. And it's not impossible to be happy. You can teach people. So it's not just a matter of changing your chemistry. That's half the equation. The other half is to realize how you create what you don't want. And this is what's the cornerstone, I would say, of everything I do, including firewalking. The books that I write, everything can be summarized in one sentence, Rob. You create your own reality. Whatever you believe about yourself, that's who you become. Whatever mm. you believe about life, that becomes your, your experience of life. And your people out there in, in, in radio land, I, I want to be able to give them something that they can participate in so they can have a firsthand experience of what I'm talking about when I say you create your own reality. For an example... You had suggested people look at my website, tollyburkhan.com. On my website, you see ordinary people, women, smashing bricks with their bare hands. And I used to, before I retired, I used to go to schools and give lectures and demonstrations, and I would go to assemblies, and I would show kids, 10-year-olds, here's how you can break a board with your bare hand. So this one girl, she wouldn't even take the board. She says, I know I can't. And so I had to explain, here's how you create your reality. As soon as you say, I can't, then every cell of your body is affected. People in radio land, I'm sucking on a lemon here. Mm. Oh, man, it's a juicy, oh, sour lemon. Now, I'm sure some people out there had a pucker in their mouths. Yeah, and I'm one of them. Because... Every cell in your body is connected to a nerve, and every nerve is connected to your brain. And you can do things with your mind that change the electrochemical composition of your brain. And you just did it. You think lemon, and you pucker when there is no lemon. So as long as this girl says, I can't break that board, she can't, obviously. So I told her, look, what you need to do is say, I can I will, I must. And now shout it. I can, I will, I must. Again, I can, I will, I must. <laughs> and bam, she smashed the board into two pieces. And people at home, pick up a five-pound weight, a little bit of sugar or a sack of flour, and hold it out with your arm outstretched and say, I'm weak. This is so heavy. I, I don't think I can hold this much longer. Look at a clock and see how long you can hold it. And now I guarantee if you just take a little break for 10 minutes and put that same weight out in the same hand and extend your arm and say, I can, I will, I must. My arm is like steel. I am strong. I am capable. 
you'll watch the clock and you'll see that your thoughts actually made you stronger, that you were able to hold that five pounds a little bit longer. And that's essentially what I tell people. You know, before you walk on the fire, Mm -hmm. you have to know you're not going to burn your feet. You're not stupid. You're not going to (laughs) walk into the fire if you think you're going to burn your feet. So the only people who walk out there are the people who have decided they're not going to burn their feet. And just like that lemon, you have the thought, and every cell of your body is impacted. So it sounds like the old saying, if you confess it, you will possess it. And I think in Unity they say, if you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. Right. And this is very important because if you have cancer, for example, the thing that will really facilitate you recovering from that cancer is if you can manufacture more T-cells. And it's been proven in the laboratory that laughter expands the thymus gland, which manufactures these T-cells. So if you lie in bed watching real funny videos, you're actually contributing to your recovery because mind-body medicine is the new frontier, learning how to do things with your mind, just like with the lemon, so that you improve your immune system rather than wear it down. Why hasn't this this way of thinking, Tolly, that you've talked about so many times, the power of positive thought, why hasn't this caught on before now? Why has it been suppressed, if, if that's the case? Rob, I think it's always going to be like this. You know, you will have some people who are absolutely convinced and other people mm-hmm because of the way they've been programmed by their government, their religion, their parents, their teachers, uh, they're going to have another point of view. And the thing which is most difficult is to maintain this positive point of view, even if everybody in your family says this is hogwash. Exactly. Because there's documented cases, medical doctors like, Bernie Siegel, Carl Symington, Andrew Weil, they have so many documented cases of huge tumors going into full remission. Things which used to be called terminal are now routinely being recovered from. So this is a very exciting time if you're open to it. And for an example, one of the things that was very difficult for me Uh, I've written a number of books. If you want to explode your reality, read my book, Extreme Spirituality, The Secret Key to Empowerment. Uh, That will absolutely change your life. And there's a chapter in there, and you can see this on my website, a a five-minute video, where a room full of people are putting a five-inch quilting needle through their hand, in one side, out the other, no pain, no blood. Well, I have to tell you, When I first heard of this, I was curious. The first time I saw it, I was flabbergasted. Hmm. And so I invited this person into one of my seminars to to do it with a whole group. And, Rob, I can't tell you how humiliated I was. I was the only one in the circle who couldn't put the needle through his hand. And he came back again. And the second time. I was the only person who couldn't put the needle through his hand. 
And I thought, well, I can't very well have this in my seminar. If I myself can't do it, I can't ask other people to do it. And so the night before it was supposed to happen again, I went in the bathroom and I got on my hands and knees in front of the toilet with this five-inch quilting needle. (laughs) And a little voice inside me said, let it be easy. And I thought, wait a minute. (laughs) There's no way this can be easy. I, I jumped out of an airplane to confront my fear of heights. That was nothing compared to putting a needle through my hand. I said, "There's just I can't let this be easy. Well, the voice just kept saying, let it be easy. And to my astonishment, I watched this five-inch needle go through my hand and out the other side without pain and without bleeding. And so then I wrote another book called Let It Be Easy. And that's a good beginner's book because I realized if I could let that be easy, mm-hmm. I could let anything be easy. I mean, I could not even conceive of having done that myself. And what I realized, and what you see in my website on these, I mean, you can spend hours watching these videotapes of ordinary people doing these extraordinary things, walking on shards of broken glass, putting needles through their hands, walking on fire, uh, snapping arrows with their throats, (laughs) bending steel, smashing bricks. Again, it's what I said at the very beginning. You create your own reality. If you're willing to be the kind of person who can go past limitations, you can have an extraordinary life. Tolly, hold that thought. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. Tolly Birkin is our guest. www.tollyburkin.com. Girl, we couldn't get much higher. Welcome back, everyone. Tolly Birkin is our special guest, www.tollyburkin.com. You know, I, I could just imagine you, Tolly, looking at this needle going through your hand. How, what, what were you saying to yourself? What was your, what was your mind saying to Tolly at the time when you realized that you did it? Well, I was, I was flabbergasted because... I suddenly realized the implication. I did something with my mind that I would have thought was impossible. I let it be easy. And Rob, again, I want to be respectful of your listeners. They're in the radio audience, and so I want to give them an opportunity to participate. 
here's something that everybody listening can do in their own lives and appreciate what we're talking about. I told you Ken Kai's taught me how to be happy. Yes. And the first thing he taught me was that I could watch my thoughts as if they were on a movie screen and I was in the audience watching the screen. Well, the thing that makes us unique as animals is that we can be aware that we're aware. You hit a dog on the foot with a stone and it's aware of pain. But you hit me on the foot with a stone, not only am I aware of pain in my foot, I'm aware that I'm aware of pain. Mm -hmm. And this ability to be aware that we're aware is a very profound, very, very profound, unique human quality. And if we develop it, it has the possibility of transforming our lives because we can sit back and see, oh, those are the thoughts that are screwing up my life. I can see it so obvious once I detach myself. And so Ken Kais gave me thoughts to replace those ones that just like a computer, shitty programming means shitty output. Right. And yet change the input and the computer is totally different. Yeah. And so he showed me how to change my programming. And when I watched myself, I'd say, that's the thought that's screwing it up. And I would change it on the spot. And your listeners, they have the ability to do the exact same thing. They can watch their thoughts and they can see exactly how they're creating their reality. There is a professor named Helmut Schmutt. He's retired now, but he was experimenting with a computer chip. He found that there was a computer chip that could be influenced by the human mind. Well, of course, the human body, we're just electromagnetic organisms, and our thoughts are just synapses, electrochemical changes in our brains, in our brain cells. And so he found that this one particular chip called a random event generator could actually be influenced by human thought. Well, again, people can go on my website, tollyburkin.com, and see what I'm talking about. But it's no fun to do this experiment with the random event generator in a laboratory. But the random event generator is a computer chip that now runs slot machines. Slot machines don't run on pulleys and levers and springs anymore. Right. It's a computer. And a computer chip, an REG, a random event generator, runs the slot machine. And so I experimented with slot machines mm -hmm. and found that if you were thinking the right thoughts and you had the right vibe, the machine would respond to it. And you know if you're in the market and somebody's really pissed off about something and they pass you, you can feel it. Yes, you can. Without yeah. them saying a word. Yep. And if somebody is happy, you can feel that too. Mm -hmm. And the machine actually could measure this. Well, Inside Edition was so sure I was a fraud and that everyone was a sucker who came to the class. So they came with their film crew and their reporters, and they did an experiment the day before the seminar and then after the seminar and during the seminar, and they were blown away because it was obvious people were leaving with more money than they came with. And the 
reporter, he said, look, the numbers don't lie. It's black and white. And some people who are so convinced that they're victims and they don't realize the power of their minds, it takes something this dramatic to shake them out of the reality they may have lived in for the last 40 years. What kind of world would this be if everyone could understand this very simple principle and it was implied, you know, they applied it to their daily lives? Imagine if we were able to teach children at a very young age this principle, how this would change their lives. Well, you can reach some of the people all of the time and all of the people some of the time, but you can't reach all the people all the time. Abraham Lincoln said it, and it's true. And, you know, Rob, we don't want everybody to be mirror reflections of ourselves. You know, we no. like having a circle of friends that are like-minded thinkers. Mm -hmm. But the world changes, and one of the reasons that it changes is because there's differing points of view. But wouldn't it be nice if we could level the playing field by teaching and having people understand that they are in control, that they are the person, that they are responsible for making their life better. Or, if they think negative thoughts, making it worse. And I don't, Again, think, and I don't think that the majority of people out there understand that totally. It's so simple. Just replace I can't with I, I can, can, I will, I must. Yeah. And the thing of it is, there's going to be a lot of people who nod their heads and they say they agree. And then they go to their church and they say, uh, I think I'm going to go to a firewalking class. And somebody will say, you know, that's satanic. Why? And, and they w will forever believe you can't walk on fire without the help of Satan. And nothing I ever say or do is going to get them to read one of my books or go to my website or change their point of view. And that's just the way life is, Rob. I wish it was a panacea, as you said. Wouldn't it be great if? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, for those listeners who haven't had the opportunity of hearing you before, explain to them the firewalking and how you got involved in this. Well, you know... I was a professional magician. I worked on ocean liners and cruise ships at hotels, and I started very, very young. And when I was 15, a local magician in New Jersey said, I'm going to a conference in New York, uh, a magic conference, and you can come. I'll, I'll drive you in, and it's a luncheon. And I sat next to somebody named Kudabucks. And everybody afterwards said, oh, do you know who you sat next to? That was Kudabucks. I didn't know Kudabucks. Well, who's <laughs> Kudabucks? He's the firewalker. Well, I was 15 years old, and so the only way I knew about Kudabucks is I had to go to the library and read about Kudabucks doing firewalks in London. And since I met him at a magic conference, I thought it was a magic trick. And so I kept looking for the magic trick. And there was no magic trick. And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s when a man named Ajari Warwick, who had a Buddhist temple in San Francisco, 
did fire walking with his disciples every single day at sunrise. And a friend of mine, after she left that Buddhist group, came up to visit me. I was living without electricity in the woods, being a monk, and she would tell me she was walking on fire. I said, wait a minute. You got to show me this. And we built the fire, and she walked across the coals. And in that moment, I realized, well, she won't let me do it if it's going to hurt me. So I walked across the coals. And I thought, wait a minute. I didn't burn my feet. And so I went to the library, and every theory contradicted a different theory. And so I realized the only way to find out more about firewalking is to get as many people together as I can to do firewalks. So I have first-hand observations and can draw my own conclusions. And so at first I thought maybe it was illegal, and so it was very hush-hush. But I started doing firewalking classes in 1977, and I developed my own theory over years and years and years of doing firewalking classes because I've trained instructors and I've probably done more fire walking than anybody on the planet. All right. Once and again, I hate to interrupt you, but we're up against a hard break. Tolly Birkin is our guest this hour. We're talking about fire walking. We're talking about the, the power of thought. We're talking about you being able to change your destiny, if it is destiny, but you certainly can change your ways. Find out more about Tolly Visit his website. Watch the videos. You will see that you yourself are in control. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone, right from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario. If you'd like to visit Tolly's website, it's www.tollyburkan.com. On a cold Nebraska night You know that I would be a liar If I was to say to you Girl, we couldn't get much higher and welcome back, everyone. Uh, Tolly Birkin is our guest, and Tolly has taught fire walking to many celebrities, including Andrew Wheel, MD, Regis Philbin, uh, Philbin, I'm sorry, and uh, Tony Robbins. Tolly also demonstrated mind over matter on national television by influencing slot machines in Nevada casinos during one uh, one of his peak performances trainings that was covered by Inside Editions. Visit his website; it's got a lot of videos that you can watch plan to spend some time there and you'll learn the secrets behind how you can make mind over matter into matter what it, uh, mind in matter that's it totally yeah, i should mention all those videos are free by the way that's the best part they're free exonation free f-r-e-e just like our archives at www.exonuniverse.com oh that was cheap of me wasn't it totally Rob, right before the break, we were talking about firewalking, yeah. and I want to mention how it's possible and why it's so valuable for ordinary people to do this. Uh, when I was in eighth grade, the science teacher boiled an egg mm -hmm. in a paper cup, 
and I couldn't believe that water in a paper cup was boiling over this Bunsen burner. Well, it's the same principle that is responsible for your feet not burning. The blood is 98.6, and as long as you're relaxed, it moves through the soles of your feet, and you're not standing in the fire. You're walking quickly, and so the blood is like the water in the paper cup, and the paper is like your skin, and the paper doesn't burn because the water can't get any hotter than 212, and then it turns to steam. So as long as it's 212 in contact with the paper, the paper can't get up to 451, which is its kindling point. And it's the same with your feet. Their skin's not going to burn if you're relaxed. So the key is to know before you take the first step, is my body comfortable? Am I relaxed? And if it is, that means I know I'm not going to burn myself. And you walk across it, and you come out the other side, and the thing that you take home that's so valuable is you realize all my life I thought this was impossible. Is that how many other things how many other things am I not doing just because I think it's impossible, but yet it is possible. Is that is that the same principle uh when you walk on glass? No, glass is an exercise in paying attention because the points are very sharp. So you go so slowly that if you feel a sharp point, you take your toe and you knock it over on its side. Oh. And it's an exercise in learning how to move slowly and pay attention 100%. And that's you know valuable. If you're going to pay attention to your mind and the thoughts that are screwing up your life, you've got to do these little exercises to give your mind some practice on what it means to pay attention and focus and notice how you're doing it to yourself. And that's the bottom line is taking personal responsibility for your life. All right. I can understand that with firewalking, as you explained it, the scientific principle behind it. And as you've described, walking on glass. Now, I'm still thinking about that little girl who said that she couldn't break the board. How do you how do we explain that that you've got this little girl who breaks a board and doesn't hurt herself? Like a board is kind of solid. It is, but if you aim at the exact center, at the exact center it will break. And so you have to really be paying attention, but the problem is as long as she was saying I can't, she couldn't focus. Ah. But this person who was saying I can, I will, I must. Imagine a student, you know, going into an exam. Imagine someone taking a, an interview for a, 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 a job. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a relationship, there's no end to how you can change your life by just changing I can't to I can, I will, I must. I can, I will, I must. That's a and great point. Like that here. lemon, you, yeah. you, you change your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And there's an electrochemical payoff. Every cell in your body is affected when you change your mind. Which people over the years, Tolly, have been the greatest influence to you? Well, you know, this is going to sound funny, but there was this woman named Hilda Charlton, and she was my brother's meditation teacher. Mm-hmm. And my brother was really at a loss. You know, he loved me so much, and twice now I had tried to kill myself. 
So he brings me to Hilda, and she says, well, Tali, why do you want to kill yourself? And I said, Hilda, every morning I open my eyes, and the idea of facing the day, it's, it's a painful experience. And she said, well, where's the pain? Is it, are you having headaches? Is it in your head? Could I find it with a stethoscope? Is it in your heart? <laughs> I thought she was making fun of me. I said, no, Hilda, the pain is not in my body. She said, stupid, you could kill your body and you would still be miserable. Wait until you're happy, then kill yourself. <laughs> well, well, it was like, like an explosion. I couldn't believe what I was hearing because I knew it was the truth that yeah. if I killed myself when I was miserable, I'd still be miserable because the pain wasn't in my body. How true. So she's one of the people who made an impression on me because she helped me see that I was not just flesh and thoughts, that there was another aspect that I could kill myself and that part of me that was so miserable would still be there. And then the other person who was a very big influence, and I knew him through Hilda, she uh, had a student named Ram Das. And Ram Das was famous in his own right. And she asked him to spend some time with me. And he said, well, why do you want to kill yourself? And I tried to tell him every despicable thing I had ever done in my life. When I was 19, I faked my death. 300 people came to my funeral. I came back and I claimed amnesia. I felt so guilty what I had done to my family. And no matter how black I tried to paint myself, he'd look at me and he'd say, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so open. You're so authentic. Every time I try to convince him how negative I was, he would respond by showing me how beautiful and radiant I was, that I was willing to look at myself and walk a, a more honest path. And looking at myself through his eyes, I started seeing that I was beautiful, that I deserved to be alive, that I was going to grow and become somebody that I could be proud of. And then, of course, Ken Kai's the quadriplegic. He was the tipping point to see somebody who had to be put on the toilet and wiped yeah. and yet was radiantly happy and said, I can teach anybody to be happy. And he was right. <laughs> and we co-wrote a book together called How to Make Your Life Work or Why Aren't You Happy? And it's the only bestseller I've ever written. It's in many languages. It's still in print after 45 years. And people can read it in a half hour. Every other page is an illustration. And it's his teaching in a nutshell because it's so simple. He can show you how to be happy. It's like the old joke when you go to the doctor, you say, doctor, it hurts when I do this. He says, well, then don't do <laughs> exactly. this. Exactly. Tully, I've got about uh, two minutes left. And one question I've always wanted to ask you, and when I was preparing to speak with you tonight, which I always look forward to talking to you. In your wildest dreams, Tully, did you ever imagine the amount of people's lives that you would be touching and making a well, positive you know, difference? When I was uh, in my 20s, I was proselytizing for Ken Kai's. I was giving out flyers for his open house. And on the street, uh, a lot of people wouldn't take a flyer from a hippie. 
And so I got this rabbit puppet, and everybody would take a flyer from the rabbit. <laughs> and this one woman, she says, oh, this, oh, you're so cute. And she's talking to the rabbit. And I said, it looks real, doesn't it? And she says, shut up. I'm not talking to you. I'm, I'm talking to the rabbit. And I'm thinking, doesn't she get that I'm the rabbit? And the truth is, there's a higher power, and I'm just the rabbit puppet. You know, I've been used, and these very dramatic challenges that I've overcome were meant to inspire others. I didn't plan it that way, but I feel like the rabbit and the divine that controls me mm -hmm. and has exposed millions of people to my message, uh, that's beyond me. I didn't plan it. It was just the way God used me, and that's the way God's using you, doing the work that you do. Tolly, as always, time with you goes by so fast. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Always a great pleasure. Continued success. And I truly look forward to the next time we meet here in the Exxon. And for those hearts that you've touched tonight, thank you. And thank you, Rob. Take care, my friend. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour has been Tolly Birkin, www.tollyburkin.com. Now, I'm going to be back on the other side of this commercial break as we talk to another guest who is going to share stories with you about the strange, the weird, the bizarre. No, I'm not talking about my wife. No, 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 no. That's, that's a whole new show that we're going to not have to do. But we're going to be talking about ghosts and things that go bump in the night. On the other side of this commercial break, with the news as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Crystal Beach, Ontario. Don't forget, if you'd like to find out more about Tully Birkin, watch all the free videos on his website. It's www.tollyburkin.com. <laughs>